This is episode 12 of my podcast, Mike McCurry Live. This one's a little bit different from the usual because my guest asked if he could interview me instead of vice versa. Now, I do ask him some questions, of course, but his questions might give you some background on why I started this podcast and the genesis of this program. So I hope you enjoy it. Again, this is episode 12 with Caleb Raritan. You're watching and listening to Michael McCurry Live with myself, Michael McCurry, and uh, my good friend, Caleb Raritan. I appreciate it. We kind of got caught unawares with a few connection issues, but I think right now, can you see me? I think we're good. We're good to go, man. We're good to go. So normally, we talk, and so I think I'm going to give it in a behind-the-scenes peek into um, the pre-interview, like the five- or ten-minute pre-interview that we normally have at this time. One of the last questions I always ask is, and you can answer this truthfully. Nobody's watching right now. Are there any questions that, you, that you'd rather I not ask or any topics that would be off limits? Anything like that? I would rather not <laughs> – I'd rather not talk about the New England Patriots at all. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I want to talk about them right now either. Um, Micah, I, I hate, I love you, buddy, but I hate the New England Patriots. So I'd rather I know. not talk about that. D- did you see Jeremy Houston's um, comments on, on my post about going live with you? No, no. What did he say? No, he said, um, he said, he I said a short. I gave a short bio about you to a friend of mine that no, doesn't know you. I said something about good friend, Packers fan, fan yada yada, and then Jeremy chimed in, uh, "Go Bears!" And so I just did like a smiley, you know, laughy face or something. I wasn't mocking the Bears. I was just you know Packers Bears interplay. And so that was amusing to me. But then he asked who my team was. I don't know if he knew or or not. But I uh, so I told him the the New England Patriots, and I said a side note. I remember Drew Bledsoe playing. That's how long I've been a fan uh, because my dad was a fan and I didn't have it because my dad was in the military. We, I didn't have any geographic ties, you know? Yeah. And so I said before Thomas Edward, whatever Brady, the junior um, before him, I predate him as far as a fan and um, definitely not as a person. Cause he's like old as dirt, but anyway, yeah. um, but then he asked me if I knew anything about their, their uh about his pregame rituals have you heard anything about this i mean a little bit i mean what is he talking about specifically so like i, I guess his weirdo I, <laughs> so i didn't know how weird he was i didn't know this yeah so i guess giselle his wife um is like some kind of she's into like you know stones and healing and centering yourself and and intuition and an intentionality, you know, just really wishing and believing things. And so like she supposedly called that they were going to win in 15 and then told him in 16 in, in January that he wasn't going to win the Super Bowl that year. And then told, or, or whatever year, maybe 14, 14, then 15, he didn't then 16, whatever. But anyway, like was like super. Ooh. So I, I didn't know this. So I, I told him, I told him, I, I just read up on it today and I told him um, completely unrelated. I actually just purchased some stones on Amazon. and I feel like this is going to be my year. Uh, yeah, so anyway, yeah. but you yeah, pe- Becca, Becca could do the stones right before your in, in next interview. Yeah, right. I think, so. think that would be good. I think that'll work. But hey, hey enough about mimic, me. Go, go ahead. Mimic the greatest. Right. right. Exactly. So 50 to 100 words. Who's Caleb Reardon? I've heard you ask that question to everybody and I still don't know what I, what I was going to say. 
So I guess in relation to Micah, um, mm. and just to give you a little bit of background about myself, uh, I was born and raised in Bourbon, Illinois, under Pastor Terry Angel, Faith mm-hmm. Baptist Church. And uh, my dad was on staff there. Uh, so I was a APK. The, the assistant pastor's kids. We don't get as much love as the PKs or the MKs, but uh, I was the assistant pastor's kid and uh, uh, went to school there, uh, finished there in 2011, graduated in 2011, went to Providence Baptist College, um, Brother Keith Gomez, and I uh, got a four-year degree in theology, um, and uh, that's where I met Micah. Micah, to his credit, before he brings it up to himself, to his credit, he's responsible for uh, my wife and I there you meeting go. and dating and, and getting together eventually. Well, I think I was responsible for part of that, too. <laughs> but, just, just a little bit. <laughs> but uh, Michael was uh, spurning me on, so uh, we got to be very good friends. Michael was in my wedding, and uh, a very good friend. We haven't lost contact. We've stayed in contact, and I'm, I've been talking to him ever since he's the podcast i've been super pumped about it uh i'm super honored that you asked me to come on that's really nice i'm really excited to to do it but uh yeah that's a little bit of background about me currently i go to uh, northwest bible baptist church i teach the single adults class so that's 18 to 29 it includes our church teenagers i guess or bus teenagers or, or now adults i guess uh but bus adults and in church adults as well as the providence baptist kids as well that aren't in other ministries they're usually in my class on sunday morning so um, i really cool. love what i do there well one of the you you kind of were as are i think everyone i've had on um you know very modest about you know why are you having me on whatever and as if being on this show or program is some kind of big honor or something but anyway <laughs> um but one of the reasons uh we might i don't even know if we talked about this in particular but I love the opportunity, I've said before, but I, I love talking to interesting people, people that I find interesting, and you know, having an hour conversation. Now, you probably, you and I have probably had a more recent hour-long conversation than anyone else I've had on or will have on in the near future, but uh, the I love the interesting perspective that you bring, but you also, you bring a different perspective as a layman, as a um, as a Sunday school teacher, um, and you know, working in, in the secular world, you bring a unique perspective, but all that to say, we are going to talk about you, but you kind of flipped the script on me and talked to, yes. and, and mentioned that it might be a little bit of a different podcast today, which is completely acceptable. I love it. Um, who's going to, maybe we'll see, maybe take the reins over. We'll rename this one. Caleb Reardon live. Um, number one, <laughs> uh, episode one, the origin story. Um, he might be, he might ask me some questions, which I don't know if anyone to date, this is number 12 and even dozen. Um, has asked me a question back. And so I don't know, maybe I'll freeze up. I don't know what to say if I'm not the one in control of the situation. Well, but I felt, I think when you first asked me, I was like, I, I don't know what really I have to talk to, to you about, but I'm curious and we're totally keeping up with the theme of going behind the curtain. Sure. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. I'm interested 
in a, a couple things. I'm interested in why you chose to do the podcast. Mm-hmm. Working backwards, I'd like to know a little bit more. I think the the people, as I listen to each interview, I think it's interesting mm-hmm. um, getting to know these people, but I'm also interested to know a little bit about yourself. And I think other people would be interested to know a little bit about yourself the, as well. The, the people want to know that they, they, they can't keep TMZ away. They keep knocking right. on my door. I, I actually, well, I, I mean, I don't think anyone wants to know, but Hey, if yeah, I'm flattered, I, you know, I can't believe that you'd ask me questions. I'm, I'm flattered that you would want to, <laughs> I prefer to ask the questions than answer sure. them. Sure. Sure. So. No, I understand that. I understand. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate it. And I was, I was, not not taking it back, but I love the idea because in twelve podcasts, I, I I feel like I haven't. I think the pilot episode number one with my brother and e- Caleb McCurry and Ethan Ropke, I tried to a little bit give an idea, but that was in such the infant stages as to why I'm doing what I'm doing. Uh, I feel like I had a pretty fleshed out uh, purpose and why and all of that, or else I wouldn't have been doing it, but communicating that can be difficult. And I think you asking questions might be, might be helpful for, for that. I'm going to try, I don't know if you got to tune in for the Mick Hall, um, interview, but I'm going to try to not peek at the comments anywhere near as much because, because we had too, I had too much fun with that last time, had all kinds of people <laughs> commenting and, uh, and, and I think Mick and I got to a very good place very quickly. We we haven't talked in well since football camp or before, and even then, not often. Yeah. And uh, um, I got comfortable enough to just insult him to his face over you oh. know, video chat, and so it was good times. <laughs> I wish I could have joined. I was actually in the air when you were broadcasting. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah, I'm actually here in Texas right now with That's my right. family, but um. He, uh, Mick was my youth pastor. Well, one uh-huh. of my youth pastors, but uh, Brother Jason Monkowski was my first youth. Well, we're pastor. like, we're like, we're like th- third generation this thing. We had Jay Reed, Mick Hall's youth yeah. pastor, Mick Hall, your youth pastor. So, yeah. very cool. Very cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, Mick's, Mick's awesome. He's, I, I consider him one of my friends. He's, uh, he's hilarious. He was, he came in a perfect time in my life. He came in at my kind of sophomore junior year. And uh, he was a great example. And I think um, Brother Reed's another great example that I didn't get to know as well. But I think uh, in Brother Houston's another great example mm-hmm. of these guys that grew up in ministry homes that ultimately went on to serve in the ministry. Right. And maybe not just serve in the ministry, but serve God. Right. You know, um, <laughs> are you saying there's a difference between the two? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, but some, you know, some guys don't get into the ministry. I'm not currently in the ministry, but those guys, we came from being in the ministry and growing up in the ministry to serving in the ministry. And you didn't sense a bitterness. You didn't sense, uh, that they were trying to be somebody that they were not, there was a genuineness about them. And, uh, to a fall, I think make, make has some pretty funny stories of him and I, but, um, <laughs> But he was perfect for me because I got to see uh, someone that was genuinely having fun in the ministry. And it was a super it, it was something I looked at. I thought, man, I want to be that whenever I get to be his age. And now I'm probably close to his age, yeah. which is weird when he came. So. Hmm. so this is kind of it's always a free for all. Uh, I, but I feel like and I've said this before, just, just talking about behind the curtain, because I feel like 
you know, this is that's kind of the theme for maybe this one. Um, though my wife would wish you didn't see the other side of this room that I'm in right now. This nice blank wall behind me is super, you know, pristine and uh, nice blue color. Um, this is actually our basement. So full disclosure, this is our basement guest room. Uh, it is not set up to receive guests at this present moment, partly because someone's some idiots doing a podcast down here and taking up all the space. But where was I going with all that? Um, I don't remember where I was going with. Oh, that oh that's just what genuine. You're just oh yeah, just genuine just genuine. Oh no, what I would say is, I don't. Um, and you can love or hate this or think I'm foolish for it. I besides getting a little bit of a bio on the people I talk to, because like like I've said, I don't get to talk to these people on a on a daily basis or even monthly, yearly basis, and so I purposely come in. I don't think of questions at all. Which is, yeah. it, it, you know, it's an interview, so you, you should have some questions. But I, I really feel, and something I've told everybody so far, and I, I almost thought I shouldn't tell them, but in the pre-interview, the 10 minutes before we go live, I tell them I want to drill down into what you're passionate about. That's, mm-hmm. that's what I want to talk about, what you're passionate about. Yeah. And um, so it, it, this is interesting because we are so comfortable talking to each other. It could it could go anywhere into dangerous territory, but it could it could go anywhere, and so it's it's liberating and confining at the same time because you're like you know which direction because these are yeah. so like I said full disclosure I have no idea what I'm gonna talk about until we get into it, and so it's yeah. just kind of figured out as we go. So no, I I want to know, and I like I like you giving everybody an idea of what that pre-interview is because. Um, I like the idea of I've, I've tuned into many of these podcasts and I feel like I've gotten a cool view of some people that I've known well. I mm-hmm. feel like I know pretty well. Um, some guys that I've never, frankly, even heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I've gotten a genuine conversation. Sure. Right? I that's think that's the interesting part. I mean, is that. I'm curious, and I think other people are curious. Is that the goal? What if you had to say, mm-hmm. what's the goal for each time I turn on this podcast? I think you might have something that changes from person to person, sure. right? As a theme, like you're talking about. But what's the ultimate goal? I think with the podcast, right? What's sure. Your, why Why are you passionate about it? So I'm curious. Too. So to drill down into specifically, I think I think the question you're, you're asking, oh, to answer the aspect of it. <laughs> The reason I've set it up this exact way, because mm-hmm. people could say, you know, why is an hour long? I mean, I don't, I don't can't sit for an hour. You know, you could ask your questions in 10 minutes or you could do it in a written form or you could do whatever. The reason I'm doing it exactly this way is the main reason is because I'm sick and tired of CNN, Fox News, yada, yada, you name it, being a th- three minute talking head screaming session with six boxes of people, you know. <laughs> Um, all screaming over each other. Nobody says things says anything of any substance. They each have maybe thirty seconds to talk and try to get the point across. And nobody's better off for it. Everyone's more entrenched yeah. in their beliefs. Right. But I found in listening to a few long form conversational style podcasts that I've listened to that in an hour you can really flesh something out. 
you can really get to the meat of something. And also, and I don't know where God is going to let me take this in the future. It, it may keep this almost this exact model for a long time. But I would love to get to a point, I would think, and to, to you know, step behind the curtain more, I would love to get to a point where I could have, I'm, I'm not looking for, you know, um, the great debate with Michael McCurry or something, but I would love to be able to talk to people at the same time of differing opinions for the purpose in a long form style to actually be able to get somewhere as far as what do we agree on? What do we not agree on? Because, um, these sound bites and these, these, it it doesn't get anywhere. And and here's the other thing. I can also have people on that. I don't know if I like or not. You say what? Yeah, but no, well, seriously. Well, exactly. I, I'm trying to figure out whether I like you or not. But, and I can actually have an hour long conversation with them. Yeah. And are you real? Are you genuine? Who who really are you? Because in an hour, unless you are very, very good at extemporaneous speaking, you can't cover who you are. Yeah. And that that's why I'm trying to drill down into what you're passionate about, because it's hard to hide that in an hour, because people want to talk about what they want to talk about. And if and funny enough, you know, we're talking about me right now. If all you want to talk about for an hour is yourself, that's easy for for a discerning viewer. You can see that. And so I want to introduce people to people they don't know, um, but in a way that actually gives you a chance to make a well-informed decision about them, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. No, so like that. That, that's kind of as to why it's set up this way. That's exactly the reason why I, um, it, it be, and yeah, there, there are other podcasts that I enjoy listening to that they couldn't be any less than an hour or you'd be missing something. It's too quick. Yeah. Right. Right. So, that, well, I that think your, your fight, what you're doing with this is you're fighting against what I think really ails social media. And it's, I mean, think about it. I love, I, I really enjoy Twitter. Okay. Mm-hmm. And most of the pastors that you have on, mm-hmm. I, I follow a lot of pastors. A lot of pastors love Twitter. Right. What you can say, and was it 144 characters? Yeah. Now Some 280, I think. 280. They, du- yeah, right? they doubled it. Yeah. They doubled it for Donald Trump. Right. So he could get some more, <laughs> right, right. Some more out, uh, depending on who you talk to. But, uh, but I think what you can get out into it at 180 characters isn't always a great indicator of what you believe. Um, I mean, you can look at some heretical preachers out there from other denominations. You could read five of their tweets and say, hey, actually, that kind of makes sense. Right. But you, that's not real. That's not real. Right? right. You can when you sit down and have a long conversation with somebody, you get an idea of what they're passionate about. You can see their heart. Mm-hmm. I think that's really what's important. And um, I feel like being a part of this generation, right, and having the opportunity to work with people of this generation, that I starve for genuine, seeing genuineness, right? Exactly. Exactly. And that's not, not to cut you off, but yeah, yeah. I think it, it, is, it is a buzzword these days, but mm-hmm. authenticity is missing immensely yeah. well i, sh- I shouldn't say that. it's not it's not missing it's out there it's mm-hmm. it's so often like you said with social media it doesn't get a chance to display itself a lot of times and, and that's the thing i think a lot of these guys 
might be very, very genuine. It's hard to tell, though, in 280 characters. And so this gives me a chance, and I've said before, that if the viewer count was at zero, it wouldn't much matter to me because I get something out of them. Right. And so uh, I think, yeah, you're exactly right. Genuine uh, authenticity is... It feels lacking in the age of the bachelor and survivor and, you know, whatever, um, show, you you know, competition shows. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, there's no chance they they use auto tune on those shows, right? That's the real voices. Um, because it seems like forget America's got talent. Everybody's got talent except me, um, based on those shows. But yeah, that, that's, um, yeah, a, a, I I want, I want to get to know people. Mm -hmm. But I want to get to know their their authentic identity, not their Instagram handle identity. Right. I think uh, you and I, just knowing our history, we've had the opportunity to be around, I think, some really great men in the history of the Baptist movement, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've been raised under some great men, under the preaching of some great men, and feel like I have a somewhat personal connection to them. I'm, I'm not saying that we're buddy, buddy. Um, I'm not a hunter like Brother Gomez. I'm not, you know, I like golf. Uh, but but I do feel like I've been able to see that genuine side growing up in the church I grew up. I got to see the genuine side of my pastor um, yeah. a lot. And I don't, not everybody has that opportunity, right? Um, I was blessed to be in a situation where I could see it. I was blessed to be um, around other men in the ministry that are a little bit older than me. I'm not to use him as the only example because I have probably a million more. But Mick, your most recent guest, Mick, having him um, on, that was a, a picture. And I said, I think I even said it earlier in the podcast. I didn't even think we were going this way, but he gave me an idea of someone that can be genuine, mm-hmm. right? Not give an air of perfection. It, well, that sh- that but, just shined or shone. My mom's going to kill me for not knowing. Whatever it came through um, in his in his um, podcast because he was willing to talk about you know his his failures as a youth and all that. If yeah. uh, and real quick, if if those that are listening, if you're getting like a popping or a crackling sound, if you could comment, are you getting that on your side? Yeah, I'm getting that too. Huh? I don't know if it's a reverb thing or or what. Hmm. Let's see if it goes away. It seems like it's only when I when I'm talking. That seems to be better now. I think maybe it was just it's there a little bit and eh, we'll work through it. It's all good. Um, but no, it came through immensely. And so I saw exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he's one of those people, but I don't, I don't think he's the only one. Right. Right. And I think you've done a good job of finding a, a smattering of folks, different age groups. Um, also some folks that I didn't, I didn't know, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, took a little bit of a different path and I'm getting into your background because I, I asked you, Yeah, um, you took a different path, right? You went to two different Bible colleges on separate sides of the country because they're on separate sides of the country. There was different people that you got it, got to run into. Right. And um, I, I'm curious, first of all, and I appreciate that you've got people that I know, but I'm curious, like, is that what you've been going for is to bring people from these different, like, what's the, what's the goal with that? Like, how do you go through and select, not select, but how do you decide who you're going to ask to be sure. on and who not to be? You know? um, I'm, I'm all about unity, man. I'm just trying to bring people together. That's my, that's my main, 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I, 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 I had to. Um, no, great question. I think. And if you, oh no, I'm sorry. We're good. Um, I think to answer that, yeah, I've, I've absolutely been intentional in trying to bring people from completely different areas. And there are other people that I've sent requests to, and I am in the process of working on uh, to try to have on that are even further afield, um, still independent Baptists, but even further afield. And that that's, that's really intentional. And part of that, like you said, um, I don't have many natural talents or strengths of my own, but something that God has allowed me to do or have is I've gotten to meet a lot of people in partly the military background. I am, I am, I am very comfortable in new environments and, and meet, in meeting people. And so having the opportunity to go to Golden State Baptist College, um, get my bachelor's degree there. And so, you know, in a very formative time, meet a lot of really amazing people, uh, in my college years, obviously, uh, my father-in-law, um, being the, the director of the Midwest Christian boys football camp and the behemoth that that is, as far as literally close to a hundred men, you know, men and women of God, um, that descend on Dwight every year for that. Um, that obviously not of my doing, but the opportunity to rub shoulders with them, even just playing in football camp. And, uh, and then I'm, I'm, you know, I'm out here much closer to the East coast, seven hours East of Illinois and getting to meet people as far afield as New York and, and, you know, further, you know, Pennsylvania, uh, furthest reaches of Pennsylvania and all that stuff, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And so, um, there are obviously huge swaths of, of geographic area in the U S that I have no experience in, but absolutely. Cause I feel like I know for me, even as many people as I know, it's easy to get in, I don't mean this in a bad way, but in us for no more thing where we feel like it's just us. The only people that serve God live in Illinois. No. And, but it's the same for um, Ohio and California and everywhere else. There's a lot of really good folks doing a great job for the Lord. And um, I think it's enlightening for folks to, to hear that. uh, But also, um, to be exposed to some good folks, independent, fundamental Baptist that, um, and I'll, I'll say this and you haven't asked the question, um, but I'm sure it's rattling around in some people's minds because I've already been asked in person, you know, how do you, um, how do you make the decisions? Um, and, what, what are your criteria for exactly who, who you have on? Because there are people in your mind and in my mind and everyone else's mind that he sh- probably shouldn't have those people on. And all of our lists are different, which is, you know, it's funny. But to answer that question without it being asked, um, obviously, there are, there are some people that I can that I will consult with. I have consulted with. Um, I don't think I've had to I haven't consulted anybody about anyone I've had on or am going to have on um, it, it, that are currently scheduled. Um, but there are people whose name I've talked to my boss, Pastor Joe Grimaldi, about and said, hey, what do you think? What are your thoughts on this? And well, first way to answer that question is there are plenty of really good big B Baptist, big I independent, big F fundamental people that. I don't, I won't need to go very far afield anytime soon, but for, if you have, if someone has an issue 
with someone that I do have on, I, I, I please understand. I say this with the utmost um, uh, humbleness isn't the right word, but at the end of the day, and not to make this some big, some big thing, but I'll have to stand before God for who I have on the program called Mike and McCurry live. And, and there will come a time that I have, that I have a boo-boo that I make a mistake on, maybe even on someone that I inherit, I completely trust someone that is, you know, they just, man, they just start spouting off heretical stuff. Um, and, but I'm okay with taking that as the younger kids say, taking that L I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm completely fine. Um, because yeah, well. if, if you're not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying if you're not pushing the envelope, you're not, you know, doing anything, but if you're not failing, you aren't really succeeding that big either, you know? Um, and so I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to have just, you know, I'm not, I'm not having, you know, Joel Osteen on anytime soon. Um, though that would probably really boost ratings. I should probably rethink that. Yeah. Um, like the number one religions podcast in iTunes, man. Maybe, maybe, maybe he'll, maybe he'll do a collaboration. Yeah, there you go. There you go. But him and maybe, maybe we can do like a, a multi-cast thing with him and Benny Hinn. And my, yeah. my wife has a health issue. Maybe he could, maybe Benny could help me yes. out. That would be a, a live healing yeah. on the, on Mike McCurry live. Speaking of which, and yeah. now that we're talking about current events, did it, did you guys see on Twitter or you, mm-hmm. everybody see on Twitter that I think it was somewhere in Africa that, that the resurrection challenge he raised the guy from the dead i'm watching that video and i'm thinking to myself come on like i'm in that church even i'm kind of you know rolling my eyes a little bit you're not going <laughs> you just go along just, with it man just the way he came out of the casket was a little too theatrical for me his eyes were a little bit big for me just yeah. like yeah that, that was that was that was nuts. Knowing me, if if I'm in that casket and I'm really, I probably would have rolled over. Knowing how lazy I am, I probably would have just rolled over and been like five more minutes. <laughs> right? Hey, can, can we can we do the skit in five minutes? They'll be all right. right. That's okay. Yeah. It, it, well, it's interesting, and this is something I'm, I'm not trying to take this really far afield, but it, it is interesting talking to guys like a Spencer Smith and some other guys where. Um, and I'm not trying to get super spooky, you know, but in countries where demonic activity and stuff and things like that are like, yeah. just, they're just part of the everyday, like, you know, oh, you know, just weird stuff happens. Um, it's so interesting that we have in America, we have so compressed spirituality on every level, um, you know, you say, well, I, I'd rather us not be able to hear the Holy Spirit you know, if we, and not be able to, you know, have all these weird things go on. Um, but you know, yeah, yeah, it's weird. There's a lot of, a lot of weird people. Yeah, out there. <laughs> yeah absolutely. Well, I mean, and not to be serious, but I mean, obviously I'm good friends with you and your wife and we've been mm-hmm. obviously praying for you and your wife going through exactly what mm-hmm. you guys are going through. I can't imagine. Um, but I, I am, I know people are praying that God, works not a miracle but god right. no yeah life and, and heals her right 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 um, you'll see uh, t- speaking from a layman's perspective it's interesting sometimes when you 
when you're approached by people, it doesn't happen all the time. It's not, you know, it's not an all the time thing, but people will approach you and um, they'll say, hey, you know, can you pray for this thing? Right. Um, and it always, it usually starts with, hey, I know you went to a Bible college right. and you have a degree in theology, right? Like right. that makes me. Right, uh, right. Uh, you're a holy man. Certified. Right. I got I got my certification in prayer. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it is interesting um, how people smash that down, right? And they they totally negate that from their life. I see it, it all the time. Right. Right. And in thinking that church attendance is going to um, be your what. Well, tithing church attendance and all that is your substitute for actually having a relationship with God is yeah it's super I was I, it's funny I was saying this we were at where were we at something uh we were just really busy with something you know good work ministry work yeah and um I said something to the effect of and I've heard you know I'm not first one to say it by any, by any stretch but you know you got to be careful to you know stay Mary and not get too Martha um because a lot of folks they're just going through the motions and i think we get to a point where in the second and third generation of christianity that we get we get into that my parents yeah. did this and so i'm i'm a second generation martha like i'm just doing yeah. it just because my parents did it and yeah and, and we we see that a lot with with our with our generation for sure yeah oh uh, absolutely that's- this is something that's always torqued me off is mm-hmm. um people that we went to bible college with independent Baptist Bible college and go and completely throw in the face flaunt, you know, how, how different they are than the place that they even went long enough to get a degree from. Yeah. Um, but it, I, I would say it torques me off. It doesn't, it doesn't really annoy me. Other people have gotten, you know, how could this person change so much? And the conclusion I've come to in the vast majority of circumstances uh, is that these people came to Bible college, who they were, they went through Bible college, who they were, and they left the same person that they were. Uh-huh. And who they are now is just a reflection. They adapted to some rules while they were here. Uh-huh. But they just, they just became, you know, in some cases people do change. Uh, yeah. A lot of them, they came exactly who they were. There, there was no, it wasn't just because of peer, peer pressure post-college. They were who they were, and um, they are who they we thought they were. Um, but, uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's, uh, is what it is. They're going to yeah. do it and stand before God for it. That's cool. Well, it's easy. And Micah, you being like having grown up with those folks, right? right. It's easy for us to get discouraged a little bit, right? Our, right? our age bracket to get a little discouraged with that and look around. And that's the negative social media. And look, I'm bashing social media, which is your method right. for, like, right. which is what we're on right now. But, right. Um, but I think a lot of times social media is not in check our social media as our age group we don't have Mm -hmm. social media in check right and because of that it's okay to have your mind changed that i Mm -hmm. think i don't think there's anything wrong with having your mind changed i i talked to my wife about this before i said you realize at a certain point i'm using brother gomez as an example because he's my pastor he changed his mind he grew up catholic right he said you know what this is wrong 
He moved right. away, right? Um, but it's important that he did that based upon scriptures and not emotion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's number one. And social media is just totally, for the most part, it's an exchange of emotion, mm-hmm. right? That we didn't have an access to. We're letting the emotion of the world, we're letting the emotion of folks that we wouldn't usually sit down and have a conversation with or sit down or even let into our homes. Right. We're letting them have display their emotion to me as I'm sitting at the dinner table instead of having a conversation with my wife. Right. I'm, I'm letting that into my heart. Right. So right. I think my generation, our generation, me included, um, has to get a good grip on that. Social mm-hmm. media scares me sometimes and I gotta, I gotta take a look at it and sometimes take a step back. Um, but it's important. People get so depressed, man. We get so depressed by social media. Yeah, um, I, I said this. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, no, if we don't handle it in the right way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's an amazing tool. I think you're, the way you're using it, Micah, is the right way, right? Um, you're using it in the right way. You're prompting conversation. And I, I've never listened to one of your podcasts and been depressed afterwards, right? Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If that ever happens, I'm never listening again. That's very um, smart. But yeah, but uh, yeah, I think I think the use of social media is, or the misuse of social media is the cause of a lot of the problems that our generation is having. Yeah, and, and, and I, I think in that fact, big part of that comes down to what I've talked about, I think with, um, with brother John O'Malley is purpose. You got to have a purpose and you really, you should probably have a purpose for just about everything you do. And I think and that speaks to the heart of where a lot of our generation jumps off the deep end. And for those that listen, I apologize for the popping that you're probably hearing. You just have to suffer through it. I, I appreciate those that are listening, but, um, I think that speaks to the, the heart of exactly why so many people are not I say so many because it's really not that many, but people people you know quote jumping ship because they don't see a purpose for some of the things that we do. And yeah. but what they don't understand, maybe maybe that's a failure sometimes on the previous generation not passing down the purpose. Um there there could be so many reasons for it. But in terms of social media, I think yeah. if you don't have a purpose, absolutely, it can be super depressing, super discouraging. I, I've heard people, I heard someone say, and I've said, I've said it myself. If you have ever posted something, gotten only two likes on it, and deleted it because you felt like that was a personal indictment on you, yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying you're a weak person. I'm not saying you're a bad person. You just need to find a purpose for why you're posting in the first place and if you don't have a purpose stop doing it because if your purpose is to feel better about myself because my friends and family um care about me enough that they are going to lift me up with likes then that's a bad purpose you know find a different purpose um and that's why foundation it's right exactly your life's purpose right and and i think that's and that's why you have you have people that are so shaken up and so lost is is that lack of purpose they they have no idea why they do what they do and i'm talking about my generation too they don't know why they go to church on sunday morning and sunday night Uh and wednesday night they have no clue and that is exactly why 
part of the reason I have this so that yeah. I can talk to people and get what they're passionate about and drill down deeper into what their purpose is. Because yeah. if I can get to that, hopefully I can, somebody out there can take that and copy and paste it onto their life and say, you know yeah. what, that's a good purpose. I'm going to take that too. Yeah. I think I, if, if that's what you're using this podcast for, I think it's good. I, for instance, I think it's a tool that you can use to help grow some people up spiritually. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yep. I think just some of the things that I've listened to on the podcast in the past have stimulated spiritual thought, right? Mm-hmm. How many times do you turn on so, so, social media and you stimulate spiritual thought, right? That's and I mean, right. And I, I think it, it's, it's, it's spitting in the wind, but I put out, well, God's allowed me to put out 12 hours of what I would call pretty good content on the behemoth that is social media that is completely inundated with absolute junk all the time, either neutral or the vast majority of it just absolutely horrible. Right. Um, and, and I wish <clears throat> that there were more guys. One of the reasons I did is because I didn't see anything like it. If somebody else was doing this, I wouldn't have done it. Just yeah. like Jim, Jim Crone said, cool. don't don't write a book unless there's a need for that book. If someone's already written the book, don't write it. And I'm doing this because no one else – I don't see anyone else doing it. I, I forget I don't see anyone else doing it from the young man's perspective and the, the assistant pastor in the ministry. And I don't see anyone doing it. I don't see anyone putting out reasonable content in a fashion that is palatable – or I don't say palatable – is consumable by this generation. Yeah. Um, because and I should pastor, you know, they've said in the past, um, every pastor needs to write a book. They need to get books out there. Practically speaking, I do, but the vast majority of people don't read books now. Yeah. That's just fact. Yeah. Ask, yeah. ask. If every pastor wrote a book, I wouldn't read them. <laughs> right. But, but, but ask anyone probably 30 and under. And you, you fill in the blank on what percentage you think has read a book since January 1. Right. What, what are we talking? Maybe oh. 10%? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe. So, but how many of them have been on social media in the past week, in the past or day, in the podcast. past hour, or let's do a yeah. podcast? So, this is not anti-biblical. It's not um, – it, it's, it's – I won't even, you know, all things to all men. I'm not even using that first. It's just – this is where my generation's at and yeah. older generation than me, the older generation than me, but this is where they're at. I, I, I hate, think it's a good, it's yeah. a good supplementary tool. Right. I, I think that's right. the best way to define it is, is supplementary, right? Mm-hmm. It's something that I can take and I can use to grow myself. Mm-hmm. I can, I can use it to grow people. We need, we need people our age that have been to Bible college that are out of Bible college mm-hmm. that have families, some of them, some of them that are single to grow up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and let like, me say this for those. Yeah. For those that are listening, if you know of anything similar, I, I know there are, there are good po- podcasts put out by solid men, but if you know of anything, when I say like this, I mean, someone talking to people for long stretches of time about, their ministry about their heart about their passion about about ministry um by all means let me know i mean i'm i'm not you know um a 
uh, I have Google, but I, ha- I didn't find anything. So please let me know. I, I, I don't think um, I only I am serving the Lord. Um, so I, I so I'd like to know. Um, but yeah, you're you're exactly right. It's uh, it, it's it's a supplementary tool, and um, hopefully, it, if it's helped, if I know it's helped me. So like I said at the end of the day, if it's right. helped to no one else, it's all right. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Right. If you, if you've got the time with great men of God and you right. had the ability to if you had the ability to have an hour long conversation without a mic, you would do it. Mm-hmm. Why not do it with a mic and let everybody else share or not share? And right. I think that's awesome. And in a nutshell, exactly right. The reason I did this is because I want to have hour long conversations with interesting people and I don't have a good enough excuse to talk to them. Right. This is a good excuse. Awesome. So. Yeah, I love it, man. I love it. Yep. That's great. I um, I'm curious. I mean, you gave me so here. I'm taking mm-hmm. over. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, All you man. I'm I'm curious. So you gave me your background a little bit here, right? You said military background. Give you. I say say how to the folks. Give them what thirty seconds about yourself. I want to hear the same from you. I'm curious. Sure. Hi, I'm Mike McCurry. Um, My my dad was um, in the military. Long story short, I was born in Texas, moved to California, then Virginia, then Kansas, then Germany for four years, back to Virginia, then Kansas. And then I went to Golden State Baptist College in California, got married in Dwight, Illinois, and then went to Providence Baptist College in Elgin, Illinois. And now I'm serving the Lord here as an associate pastor in Akron, Ohio. That's the geographic version. Um, my dad and mom, some of the best Christians I know, they, I grew up in a home and I don't, they wouldn't mind me saying this cause it's, well, it's the truth. So even if they do, um, we grew up in a home where we weren't praised all the time. Um, we joked, hey, it wasn't exactly true. Um, but there's truth in every jest that if we weren't getting yelled at, we were doing it right. And, uh, so now, like I said, that that's, that's not exactly true, but, um, and so what that did was for me, at least, and I can think I can speak for my brothers is it caused us to be very, our emotional health was based off of us. We, we didn't need external stimuli pumping us up, making us, I, I, I hate, um, coaches and people that need to yell at me to make me do better. I, I'm just fine in here. Um, and so I, I uh, very, very self-confident. You could almost yeah. use the word arrogant sometimes in my younger days. Um, but, but, but that was because I don't need praise to, yeah. to march on. And so I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think that gives you an idea of who I am. I think um, I, I, I tend to agree with you because I'm not going to lie. When you first came to Providence, I was like, who's, who's this guy? I don't, I don't, I don't know if I like this guy. You see, I think I was what, I was probably a junior, right? Yeah, and, I think so. And we had kind of had an established group of guys. that This like, guy's going to come in and get a one year masters. And right. yeah. Yeah. What's he doing? Get out of my, get away from my, get out of my row. Right. Right. Um, but uh, I think as we got to know each other, we we figured out that we were both arrogant. Hey, you know what? There you go. Arrogant unite. 
Uh, arrogance unite. We also, I, I also joke, we joke, oh, my mom does, that uh, sarcasm was our first language. English was yeah. saying it. And so I think that's something we clicked on very well, you and I. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. You and me. But um, yeah, I, I think I, I'm pretty sure, hopefully not now, but I think that that was probably everyone's first impression of me was who does this guy think he is? And, and especially as a teenager, probably very much rightly so. Um, but my brothers and I would tell you that that's because we had we had such a high opinion of our family name. Yeah, we are McCurries. And, and not in a you're inferior to me type thing, but we know we know we know exactly who we are. We had a lot of we I think we had a lot of self awareness, which yeah. speaking of nothing that's missing a lot these days. I, I feel like we did though. I'm, I'm I overstep my bounds all the time. Um, some of my best well best memories not not to use the word best, but work you know is me getting called down for you know being overstepping my bounds because yeah. I thought I knew what I was doing. Um, yeah. But yeah, but that's kind of molded who I am. Do you think, um, I'm curious how you think that type of personality translates into the work that you're doing now, right? You're working with youth, mm-hmm. right? How does people that, in general, right? Yeah. Yeah. People in general, I obviously, I, I think youth first, but sure, sure. Yeah, you're working with everybody. Um, how do you think it, that translates? I'm, I'm so how you- I have very much learned to harness that for one. Uh-huh. I, I'm nowhere near the same. I, I, one second before I answer, I'm going to try to mute my mic and turn it back on just for see if that fixes the popping sound. Because it is that any better? Oh, not really. It's it's not. It, it's all good. It's not bad. That's right. Okay. Um, how does that translate? Or how does that affect? Like I said, I am. It's crazy to think of how different I'll be in 10 years, 20 years, 40 years from now. Yeah. But the difference in learning, uh, I've learned that perception is reality for people, mm-hmm. which means that I'm not fake with people, but I've learned it doesn't help me for people to, their first impression to be, who does that guy think he is? That yeah. doesn't help me. And so if I know that that's not Number one, not the first impression I want people to have. And if number two, I really feel like that's not a good idea of who I really am, then I probably shouldn't purposely feed that, you know, standoffish um, manner of introducing myself to the world. And so I, I would say who I still am that hasn't changed is I do my absolute best to be incredibly self aware. Of yeah. not only who I am, but also my weaknesses and also people's perception. Right. Not that I'm trying to manipulate people. You're, no, you're conscientious. Right. But if I can help you not – if I can help you get to um, who I really am quicker – Instead of just being the arrogant guy that people like, oh, you know, I finally grew to love him six months into this, you know, three months into the semester at Providence. Um, If we could just get there on day one, that would be better. Um, So 
in a week. All right. So good, we were, good. We, we, I, I, was, I was a little standoffish, but not too much. Yeah. Um, I feel like you hit the nail on the head. I think a lot of youth pastors, no, some youth pastors, I'm not going to say a lot. There's uh, probably a few. Sometimes you can, I see youth groups that it's like carbon copy versions of the youth pastor, mm-hmm. right? I was really lucky, and this is a personal anecdote, but I was lucky enough to grow up, and I had Mick. Mick was the last couple of years, but for the majority of the time, the main youth pastor I had was Jason Lankowski. And mm-hmm. if anybody's met Jason, Jason's a nut, man. He was in, He's insane. He's the coolest guy you'll ever meet. He's hilarious. He's crazy. Like zero, like he, he doesn't have an off button. He's just energy, right? But one of the cool things that I felt like I got from him was he never tried. He, he was energetic. He didn't appreciate and he didn't condone like someone being lazy or lackadaisical or stick in the mud, right? Like he was never okay with that. But he also didn't, he didn't mirror his personality onto other people. Right. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't force you to become him. Right. right. Um, right. He came to a lot of like a lot of the guys in our youth group, especially. Right. Because Miss Kelly at the time worked with the girls. But um, he came at, from a lot of different angles because a lot of the guys that I grew up with, we were just all very different guys, different personalities, different interests. Um, he worked well with your uh, quote unquote bus teens so well. He was amazing with them. Right. And I think that was a lot of his passion too, because I think that's somewhat his background, but I feel like that's, that's really cool. If you can have a friend or you can be a youth pastor to people that are just different than you. Right. Right. And Micah, I mean, we don't, we're not, I wouldn't say we're the same in personality, right? But you're right. a friend of me, right? You, sure. You're a friend of me, even though you probably don't see me in in you, right? Or you sure. and me. Right. Um, and I know of your other friends are the same way, right? Um, I think that's a that's a positive. And I feel like some of the people you've had on the podcast are that same way, right? Sure. You know, it, it, full, full disclosure and, you know, confession, sins before all or whatever, I think – that's that has been particularly with teenagers that has been one of my hardest things actually in that and maybe a slightly different way than what you're thinking in that i was a very atypical teenager for the most part and this is probably the arrogance and all that thought the vast majority of te- you know teen class or or, junior, or teen camp games were stupid which I still think now the team camp we go to right now, they do a fantastic job and I don't know, but anyway, but you know, if it has to do with, you know, feeding, you know, someone Cheetos with your toes or something like that. I remember that as a game. Now, part of that is because I I thought I was too cool for it, which I would still have a hard time swallowing my pride to do that now. But, um, so I, I felt like, and I still feel like, I honestly, I do, a, I, have a, I have a hard time identifying with teenagers because I was so, when I was 12, people thought I was 16, 17. Now I had the size and because I carried myself with that incredibly just, you could say nose in the air type thing, but just super buttoned up 
all the time uh, for the most part. Yeah. Well, at least I, my perception of myself was that way. And most teenagers aren't like that. Uh, yeah. It's hard for me to identify. And so kind of putting myself in a mind frame of people that in as a teenager, the kind of teenagers that I despised, which is basically 99% of teenagers are like, are, weren't like me. Yeah. Um, that Lacking has been confidence. Yeah. And, and, and to, to, to the point of arrogance, but yeah, because most, most teenagers aren't, they're, they're super concerned. Uh, like, 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 you know, personal anecdote as a, Oh, I would have had been five or something. Um, and I, I probably still do now though I've, I've consciously worked on it and things, but I used to say my R's really badly. Like, uh, or, or you know, like, I, I, you know, however, like, uh, um, yeah, exactly. And so, especially as a kid. And yeah, yeah. so there was a little, another girl, um, uh, her name was summer. And so I, you know, I said her name summer, summer or whatever. And so I was like, I was like four or five. Right. And so I, we were playing after church and all the kids are playing or something. And I, I, I was looking, I was looking for summer because we were going to go play or something. And one of the, the couple of team boys just razzed me just absolutely. It's, you know, obviously it stuck with me because it, it traumatized me. I still remember this as a five-year-old, but, um, and so like, so that little tidbit of my life, I, thought i didn't consciously think it at that moment but something that kind of stuck with me is two things number one i want to fix this speech impediment i'd rather not give people ammo to make fun of me but two i don't i want to i don't want to do that to other people and make you know make fun of things that they can't necessarily fix in the you know and things like that but i had to come to grips with the fact that what these idiots think of me doesn't matter couldn't care less now I, I didn't I didn't consciously come to that realization as a five year old, yeah. But um, so things like that for me crystallized a resolve of you not, you know, um, uh, you thinking I talk funny or whatever. It's not going to matter to me. So when I do crazy things like I don't know if I ever did how much I did this at Providence, but at Golden State, if it was Valentine's Day. Um, Christmas, I was wearing a bright red, fire engine red suit. Or I had some white suits. Oh. Did I ever bring those out of Providence? No. You know why? Because it was my first year of marriage and my wife wouldn't let me. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's basically true. And, and I was a wise man for not crossing her. That was exactly. I don't fault you one bit. First right. year of marriage, man. You right. know that one. But so I, I could do that. And just have utmost confidence in the fact that I looked at myself in the mirror and I thought I looked awesome. I'll use that word awesome. And so I don't care that all of you think I look like an absolute dork. Yeah. I have my own opinion of it. So that's fine. And so uh, good. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. I feel I work with single adults, right? In mm-hmm. most in my Sunday school class and things like that. And I look at you, you talk about like those certain milestones, right? Where you, you kind of hit a level of self-confidence or you, you figure out a little bit about yourself, right? Um, obviously, I think you and I can both agree. Seriously, when you get married, mm-hmm. I, I married somebody that 
she's she at every point in my life when I needed a confidence boost, she's always there for me. Mm-hmm. It's amazing, right? Having a partner in the that's why a, a guy who's single going out on the mission field or something like I can't even imagine what that's like. Right. But I have a wife that can give me that confidence boost when I need it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, obviously I work secularly, but there's times where I have an interview or I have this big thing that I've got to do. And I have like this person that's there with me, who's part of me that I can rely on for that confidence. Right. Right. Um, having a kid is the kind of the same way, right? Like it's, it's something that you feel like, you know, it's, it's an amazing thing. Um, but, uh, not those, a lot of single adults and teenagers, they, they haven't experienced that yet. You know, right. and you see, I see things like, uh, I see, see so much that lack of self-confidence because a lot of people just have different interests, man. Right. Um, you, you, especially as a youth pastor in my, my class, I've got a, a decent sized group of people. I don't have the same interests as everybody at the table. We had an activity, just a couple weeks ago where we all went out to Culver's right after church and, and just hung out. Right. And had amazing custard. And I'm sitting next to a guy who's kind of like a new Christian, really good, nice guy, new, like super baby Christian. Delusia. Caleb, you still there? And every, everything I'm getting one second. Yeah. It's coming through a little broken. Yeah, I'm here. I think we're back on you. You're fine. Just go back to where you said super baby Christian and then from there. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. So he's super baby Christian. And um, I, I asked him, I'm trying to figure out what he's interested in. I have a pretty broad range of interests, right? But I'm asking what he's interested in. I can't hit in that brick wall, right? Like, have you ever had that with a teenager, right? right, right. At a youth conference or whatever, where you're trying yeah. to like make a connection and it's like, I got nothing, man. Right. And and we we were talking and the last thing he said, I like to build computers and, and do flight simulators. And I'm like I'm like I'm going through the memory banks. I'm like, okay, I gotta have something here. <laughs> you know. Uh but it's it's a it's a fun thing, it's an interesting thing when you can walk work with people and you're friends with people that maybe have some diff, different interests in you. One one more example. Bible college, man. Mm-hmm. There's no perfect Bible college for everybody, right? I'm not doing advertisements for Bible college. You went to two different ones. Um, but I think that one thing Bible college did for me was it allowed me to get outside of my comfort zone. Because when you're in high school, you don't pick your friends, especially right. if you go to a Christian school. You don't pick right. your friends. You have your friends. They're the same guys that you go to basketball practice with. They're the same guys that you sit in every single class with. Mm-hmm. You've had them since kindergarten. You don't get to pick for the most part. But when you get to Bible college, you get to choose who your friends are, right? Mm-hmm. And I was lucky enough to put myself around people that I, I felt like I, I tried to find people that were better than me. Um, was number one, find somebody that knows something that you don't, right? Somebody that has an understanding or a passion for something that you want to have a passion for. Sure. Some of my best friends, and I'm, I'm name dropping totally here, but you look at uh, one of my best friends, Keith Putnam, uh, is missionary. He knew he wanted to be a missionary when he was like four years old, right? It was, but he was a passionate person about what he wanted to do. Jonathan Robertson, a good friend of mine, a youth pastor now, he knew he wanted to be in the ministry. He was called to preach, and he loved preaching. 
I hate, not hated preaching, but I was frightened to death to stand up in front of anybody. Right. right. Um, but having, I think that's helped me like getting to be friends with those guys and other guys. And I'm, I'm leaving out a ton of the other guys, uh, Alex Schroeder or, or, uh, or Steve Lesmeister or any other guys that are, I know are in the ministry now and yourself included those guys each gave me something that I could make myself a little bit better at. And no, I'm not in ministry full time, but I think for anybody our age, I think that's a really good rule to follow, right? Is try to find those kinds of people that you might not have the same interest in. You might be lacking the self-confidence the same way I was when I came to Bible college. I was not like you, Micah. I was the opposite. Um, I had a really good, I did a really good job of faking it, but I had a lot of lacking when it came to self-confidence, but I was able to put myself around these guys that were confident, not only in themselves, I think, but they were confident in their relationship with God and their, their relationship with God's will. Right. And having those friends around you, right. Iron sharpeneth iron. Right. And, and, it was it was awesome, man. And I think bringing it all back right to your podcast, man, your podcast will give everybody listening to it that same feeling, right? It's not going to replace Bible college, but um, but it gives the men an ability to, or pastors or assistant pastors, the ability to go and go and listen to somebody else like them has the same similar passion for following God's will but just has a different outlook and maybe they can learn something, right? I've yeah. learned so much just from listening to you ask questions, man. That's been, it's been amazing. Yeah. I think you, 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 you kind of spelled out the, you know, better, more laid out way. The thought that unfortunately it feels like so often, I think this is probably the case for so many guys, even the guys that went miles back in the day with, you know, all these guys where they're still in the ministry together, but every year, and not because people are dying, but that circle of friends gets smaller and smaller and smaller for a lot of reasons. Part of it, you just fall out of contact with people, but people go different directions. People decide to be different people, whatever. Um, and so part of the goal is um, to go the opposite direction and grow my me, grow my personal circle of real friends and people that or at least acquaintances, people that I can have an hour long conversation with and not be, um, is there's, there's so many people that you wouldn't, you wouldn't never go up to at a, at a conference or at, you know, you see them, uh, even like a football camp. It's, it's such a fraternity of guys that are there, but there are still, and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it clicks or anything like that, but there are still, people because they went to Bible college together because they were yeah, friends. Yeah. These are folks that they hang, they sit at the same table now. And, but, but, but understand it, they do so far better than any other place I go. People sit at different tables all the time and all those different types right. of things. But my goal for me is to be able to sit down with, to use football camp as an example, to sit down at the table with any one of those people and we will strike up a conversation um, and, and actually go somewhere with it and not just be, oh, I'm, I'm trying to get to know you, but actually feel like um, yeah. I, I want you to invest in me. Now, it's not yeah. just take, take, take relationship, but it, the, the opportunity 
like a football camp, like like an old pass conference, or whatever. Man, there's a wealth of knowledge there, and I thought I've had. And one of the reasons I, I want to have there are some people. Um, I haven't said this to anyone yet. I really would like to sit down with um, my grandmother-in-law, Grandma Woodward, and do one of these. She has just yeah. like cool, the coolest story. But yeah, yeah, yeah. there are a lot of people whose stories are going to pass are going to pass into eternity. If I don't, if not, that, not that I'm some story keeper, but if I don't talk to them, yeah, that's amazing. We've oh, got this technology, right? right? Like, think about the amazing generation that we get to grow up in, mm-hmm. right? First of all, we have more than one Bible college to go to as independent from all Baptists. Right. That's amazing. Right. That's a gift. Right. That's awesome. We are not the only ones. We we everyone in the country has access to good fundamental independent Baptist education. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Right. Even Christian school or homeschool or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And that's because of technology. Right. And you get to use it to share that with everybody. And now what this podcast is doing is it's taking that ability that we have. We have it for younger generations. Now you have it for adults where right. if you 50, 60 years ago, if you're pastoring in a tiny town in the middle of nowhere, you're on your own. The only right. way you have access is if you travel to a conference, which mm-hmm. sometimes your offerings don't allow you to do. Right. Or you get a book in the mail. Right. Right. <laughs> Someone mails you a book from the, a catalog that doesn't exist. Right. Sure. It's it's amazing the the amount of access to technology and the amount of access that we can offer pastors around the world. We just have to take advantage of that, right? Like I went on tour. I had the opportunity to go on tour for my college for a spring break, right, which was so fun. So me and it was, it was like my best friends too. Um, we all went on tour and we went to Arkansas, which I am as Yankee as it comes, right? Like I, I am not a Southern boy. I am a city slicker. I like to golf, watch sports. Uh, I've been in a hunting stand one time with my dad and he said he'd never take me again because <laughs> uh, I'm too loud and uh, annoying. No, but, uh, but I, I, so Arkansas, right? We're in the middle of Arkansas. It's a guy from Minnesota, a guy from Elgin, Illinois, and a guy from Bourbon, Illinois in the singing group, uh, and a guy from Iowa the next year too. So it's all these like Yankees and we're with Doc Peters, right? Like Doc Peters, who's like good old boy, you know? So we're going through Arkansas and we're stopping at these cafes that are, you know, smaller than, uh, you know, a bedroom. And everyone's looking at us like, why, why are you wearing a hoodie? Right. It's Arkansas. Right. Like, where's your blue jeans and boots? I don't even own a pair of boots. And so it's just the most awkward thing. And then you you come around a corner and there's this church and you pull into this church. Gravel Church is a beautiful, you know, nice, modest building. And you get out and you meet a pastor that I would never have had the opportunity to meet had I not done that. And most of the people listening to this podcast most of the people that are preaching the major conferences might not even know. Mm-hmm. Right. And he might not ever, he might not know our college from Adam, right. He might not know anybody from our college, but maybe brother Gomez. Right. Right. But then you sit in that service and you hear God's word opened. You hear God's word preached. You hear the same, that's the exact same stripe. 
we saying it's it's an amazing it was an amazing experience and it like it hit me at that moment i thought man this is so much bigger than the world i live in sometimes in my mind right Right. and things like this i keep coming back and like praising your podcast that's not why he had me on i promise everybody but um things like this will open that world up for folks and hopefully be an encouragement like just like that trip to arkansas was for me it's yeah yeah and i hope I, i sincerely hope that some not somebody some buddies multiple somebodies you can rip this one off if you want, but go do what I'm something like I'm doing using yeah. the medium that we have the literally the ability to talk however many th- hundreds, thousands miles away, you in Texas, North or South Texas, whatever, me in Ohio to talk and three, five, 10, 20 people, and then maybe hundreds more uh, mm-hmm. through audio version and all that to listen to this. I, I hope people go do, do this. I, I'd like yeah. I'd like 30, 40, 50 more people to do something just like this. It would not bother me in the least if you take this exact model and go do it because we need more. You know, like I said, spitting in the wind. I put out 12 hours of content in the last – we're coming right up on a month very soon that I, since I did my first one. The end of the month is going to be one month. And I'm going to – you know, I'll have 15, 13 hours by then. That's nothing compared to you want to talk about you know what's being put out by Hollywood. This is not supposed supposed to be a Hollywood production, but please, someone that's watching this, go do it too. That, yeah, I I love for people to be listeners. Absolutely. Go. I mean, the, the amount of time you know going behind the curtain, but the amount of time this takes me. I sit down here about thirty minutes before we go live. Make sure we set some stuff up. Have a pre-interview that goes live accidentally a little bit early, and so you can go back to the very beginning and listen to the first minute when we didn't know we were live. But I uh, apologize about that. But and then I talk to you for this will probably be the longest one so far, and that's the amount of time it takes me. And it's up, it's yeah. done. Now I take the time to clip out some stuff and all those different types of thing and, and try to grow it a little bit, but. Please, someone, someone do this too. I, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm fine with being alone. Like I said, I'm pretty self confident. It doesn't bother me. But I, in all seriousness, we are, we're running after a bus, a train that already left the station. Yeah. We, we've got to get moving, or else yeah. we'll, we'll be left behind. Um, forget, forget losing to the big mega churches. We're gonna lose to Pepsi and Nike and Budweiser and Verizon. Because they're putting out content left and right constantly, and churches aren't, people aren't, Christians aren't. So, um, it may maybe this will never get beyond ten viewers at a time. That's fine, but maybe someone that watches this will be like, "Hey, I should go do that," and they do it way better, and they and all that, and they theirs goes big, great, fine. That's fantastic. I'd be, I'd be completely happy with knowing I inspired someone to, to do that. That would be awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it, man. Yeah, yeah I think I think you're it's you're doing something that's really important. I wish I was doing it myself. I should probably be doing it. Hey, um, I, I I think it's awesome. And you um, you can be my one, Caleb. You can be the the one. Will you be the one? <laughs> I'm not singing, man. You're not going to get me to do it. Hey, I, I, I don't know. We, we could harmonize. We could, we could get down with it, man. 
Yeah, viewership is going to drop very fast, man, if it hasn't yeah, already. It's probably so. Probably so. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, hey, we, we could if you ever want to have a real serious conversation too, and I know we've been having a serious conversation, mm -hmm. you should, you should have a serious conversation about some of your interests, hmm. right? I, that's a, that's something else that you've been doing. That's been really fun to watch is like picking um, out some interesting things about some of these passages that I didn't know. Right. 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 Um, whether it was, you know, brother reads loves to read. Right. Um, right. And, and things like that. I, I think that's awesome, man. Yeah. Doing that. Too. Yeah. Um, I'm asking you, um, since I've taken over the interview here. Sure. Um, but what are like what are your some of your interests, man? Like tell people what outside of this podcast, which I know is probably taking up some of your time, but like what's what's your interest, I, man? I enjoy reading very much. Um I was on a kick for a very short period of time, and then time something about having a baby and my wife's situation, all that just really really throttled by time but i was on a kick for a second um maybe 15 days got, got close to a month of uh, reading a book a day uh, I, I read pretty fast um and i, I was staying up till like one o'clock in the morning or or so um just and, and, they, and they weren't all the volumes i was reading you know 70 page booklets too interspersing uh, so I, I love reading um i i enjoy golf but I purposely try not to play because then I, I get competitive and I have to start playing again because I hate doing it if I'm not good at it, which is all the time. So I, I have to play more and more and more. And it's expensive. Oh, things my interests. I, I enjoy technology. I don't have the money to buy technology, but I enjoy it. Thankfully, I mean, uh, you know, being in my position in the church, I've gotten to play with more tech than I normally would because we live stream the services and all that stuff. And so, uh, being able to play with that type of stuff. Um, I, and it's funny. People think of themselves as uninteresting. I think of myself as uninteresting. I don't, I don't have yeah. really any, any cool, really, really, really. You don't have any hidden talents, Micah. Come on. You know, it was something I really enjoy doing. I really enjoy le leading singing. Yeah. Congregational music. I, I love, love, I love, love that. that. And, and I think that's, um, speaking of that self-confidence thing, um, somebody that, that I hope to have on sometime in the next 10 years, maybe. If he watches this, I'm, you know who you are. I'd like to have you on sometime. But he was teaching a, uh, a seminar on it. And... He, um, he asked the question, there's probably like 25 people in the room. How many of you wanted, to, how many of you were forced to lead singing because your pastor had nobody else? 24 out of 25 hands went up. How many of you really wanted to do it and really enjoyed it? And I, I was the only one. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I am a weird person. Um, I, I, yeah, I just love it. I, I get to, I, I'm going to get to, I'm going to get to lead singing at, um, Brother Crone, who I had on recently, um, he has Common Ground Baptist Camp, and I um, I got to do it this last year, and this year I'm going to get to lead singing for their junior week, and that oh, is cool. just yeah. And so, as a lot of church, a lot of church kids, uh, some bus kids as well, but like they know hymns and things pretty well, very well. So this last year, and we're going to do it again this year because I love them. We did uh, we did it as well. Key change every verse going up one one step every verse um 
and then we did you're like screeching by the end oh man you know what we started low we purposely i i, I had the piano player start it low um i'm not i'm, I'm, not, oh, I'm a bass i'm not i'm not stupid um and then we did uh blessed assurance and got with it man that that there are a few things that bring me more than than leading singing i i and i think I'm, I am no, I'm self-aware enough to know they're way better than I do and sing definitely way better than I do. Um, but I, I would hazard a guess if more song leaders enjoyed it as much as I do, churches wouldn't feel the need to go to some of the stylistic changes they're making. Not a bad if, theory, man. If if That's people, really if the song theory. leader, and because I've heard it said, and I I believe it's true, the song leader, you lead the singing. Yeah. So if people aren't enjoying it, it might be it might be your fault. Um, there's something to say for you know um, some things that people do, but I think a lot of the methods people are using to copy, you know, concerts and things like that. Yeah. Um, I can, you know, I say I, the Lord is yeah. loud. I, I, having 250 juniors just belting out it as well, man. That's cool. I, I know. I, I believe the Lord was pleased by what we, what we did, and I, I believe I believe that hearts were prepared for singing. Um, or for, I'm sorry for preaching. So, um, if you need, you know, a full drum kit and all that stuff to to get people in tune, then more power to you. But I just I think it's funny you say that in like one of my original memories of song leading. I grew up in a church where our song leader was like super energetic, right? Yeah. Um, Brother Thomason and most people probably listening to this might not know this man, but he's one of the best song leaders in my in my opinion in the world. And he just was energetic. He, you could tell he was like running to get to the pulpit to lead singing, not for himself, but because he loved to sing and he loved to right. hear singing. Right. Right. Um, I had that, and then one of my original memories. And I don't know if this. It's funny because you obviously grew up moving all over the place, but I grew up the God Save America days back in i don't even know what year that would have been like i was a little kid but because my Mm -hmm. dad was in the ministry right we went we always went for like at least the last night right and it was Mm -hmm. usually dr hiles Mm -hmm. um that was there preaching at least a couple years um and he came and i remember brother hall right from northwest brother hall leading save 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 right and it was just like the whole, you know, we were usually up in the balcony with all the other teenagers. And I just remember feeling just that was like an initial feeling of as a little kid, I felt the Holy Spirit, man. That was, mm-hmm. it was an exciting thing. It got me so pumped for exactly what the purpose of that, that conference was, right. was which was God, you know, save America. And it, mm-hmm. it gave me, even as a little kid, it gave me this just overwhelming, I could just feel the Holy Spirit. And I think that's. That's awesome to see, and it's good to hear people that are interested in that being the purpose of the song, right? Sure. The song leading isn't just a ritual that we do. It's it's something that can really motivate us, and, and right. it's done the right way, the proper way. Right, you know? and I, I think that that's one of the biggest things where I know, being, being self-aware, that it's it's not about me. Cause I, I, I hate singing solos because there's nothing special about my voice, but I, I know that... Mm, 
I, well, the reason I know other people could, could do the exact same thing is because you're not up there for you. You're literally up there to praise and glorify and help other people praise and glorify God. And if you can't get excited about that, man, what can you get excited yeah. about? And so, and that, that's where people get like self-conscious and I understand it. I am atypical when it comes to that, but people that get super self-conscious about it and, and, and even, and even doing a so, special or whatever, um, I, much, I, I hate, you know, I, I don't like singing solos, but when I, when I get the opportunity, I, I relish it because it's not about me. That, yeah. You know, you know, I've heard it said, and one of pastors used to say, you know, if you're going to make a mistake, make a big one. Just have fun with it. Just, just let it rip. And, and I think when it is about you, it's easy to walk off that platform embarrassed because you messed something up. Yeah. Well, if it's not about you, then who cares? And not, not, not that we're not that we're bringing God the leftovers, or right. we're try, trying to do it in a shoddy way. Yeah. Well, but, it's not a performance. Yeah. Ex- exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so, um, uh, just you know, let it rip. Yeah, Just that's awesome. Blow people's minds. It's all right. Yeah, that that, that is super cool. It's um, it's I think it's probably like a sneaky, it's a sneaky important part of a, a church service that people sometimes forget. It mm-hmm. makes a difference, right? Right. Um, it really does. That's awesome. Right. Well, hey man, this has been the longest Mike McCurry live to date. Sweet. Yeah. Okay. We, we, we hit. We're almost to an hour and a half. It that doesn't was feel my goal. Like, well, just just are you you yeah. hold a record a record? Yeah, I want, I want. Where's the Guinness? Where's that like lady with the Guinness sitting in the plaque? Well, hey, hey, I'm only a dozen in, so there's plenty of time for me to, yeah, exactly. to go a little bit longer. We'll I see. loved it, man. It was so yeah. much fun. Seriously, I, I I greatly appreciate it. And this is the style. Um, and I told I told Mick this as well. Um, because we had a, a you know fun back and forth and banter. Uh, that. This is the the kind of style, not necessarily, you know. Though I I enjoyed the, the uh, you know the questions being asked, just to kind of flesh out people's understanding of what we're doing. But the conversational style, um, it's kind of what yeah. I was going for. Yeah, because and, and not not that when I'm talking to people that know way more than I do, there's no real need for me to talk. But um, <laughs> I I think. I, I do think it, there are some podcasts I listen to sometimes where they have the guy who is obviously the expert and then they have, you know, almost call him the straight man, like the guy, the layman, the guy who asks dumb questions sometimes. Right. But it's good because you on the outside are thinking those same questions. You don't know. Yeah. Um, and so I hope because I'm no expert, I, I don't have the show to flaunt my, my knowledge by any stretch um there's a reason i don't have it in me just sitting and talking to a camera um because i need to have other people on or else there's no reason to have this Uh, people don't need to hear my opinions but um yeah no i i really appreciate you coming on man yeah of course it's been a lot of fun that's yeah. I think that's why you're so good at what you're doing, man. Staying well, close. I have I have one one talent asking questions, I guess. Yeah. That's, hey, that's, that's not thing. a bad one. Hey, or no listening is, is the right. Well, you, you you could put it the other way. I am just so dumb. I don't know anything. That that's my talent. I guess well, you put it that way. You are a Patriots fan, to bring it all back. So I we've gone full circle. The snake is, the snake is eating its tail. Yes. We've yeah. gone around the horn. We're experts already, man. This is perfect. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, cool. And, and so I always ask, any last words? 
Uh, no, uh, I hope everybody. Oh, yes, I guess then. Um, I, have, I hope everybody listens to the podcast. Um, not mine specifically, but I hope everybody um, stays engaged with the podcast. Listen to the ones that uh, it's somebody that you've never heard of. Um, that's some of the really fun ones that I've enjoyed so far is getting to know some people that uh, I probably might never meet them. I'll just meet them in heaven, but I got to know a little bit about them here on earth. That's pretty cool. Very cool. I appreciate that. I appreciate you. Yeah, you saying no that. And, and like, like you said, I mean, I, I didn't know what you were going to say. So I appreciate you giving me a, giving me a little plug. That's a, that's a blessing. That's a blessing. Um, I, I would say, um, if for those that are listening, watching, if there's someone that you would like to have on, please let me know. That's, I have this platform, um, there's very few people that I would say no to. So uh, message me, email me, let me know if you have someone that you think would be a blessing. Um, just uh, admin stuff. I'm hopefully going to have this thing on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud and all that very soon for those of you that listen to podcasts and audio form and all that. I know being able to speed them up to 1.5 speed or something would be nice. I probably already talked fast enough uh, for most people, but um yeah, so I, I think besides that, I think we're good to go, man. We'll stick around for just a second. We will uh, we'll chat for just a moment if you don't mind. Let's see what our final time is with that minute that we had at the beginning where we didn't know we were live. Let's see what our time is. We literally just hit an hour and a half, just right there, in, an, in a minute of unplanned at the very beginning. So that's a lot of fun. It's been great. So I appreciate those that are listening. Mike McCurry Live number 12. I think there's a lot more ground that Caleb Bird and I can cover some point in the future. And so I think I might have to have you on. And I think you need to think about having your own podcast because <laughs> people need to hear your voice on a weekly basis, Caleb. Oh, no, I don't think so. But I would love to join you again. And if you're interviewing somebody else, I'll join and ask some questions. I love there you go. questions. Well, hey, I think you yeah. did a good job of it. So rip me off, do the exact same thing, call it Caleb, Caleb Reardon Live, and go to town. So, hey, appreciate it. Stick around for just a second. This has been Michael McCurry number Live, number 12, with Caleb Reardon. Hope you'll tune in. Uh, let's see, today's Tuesday, Thursday. I have Brother Abdel Judah, youth pastor at First Baptist Church of Hammond. I have Phil Klausner, evangelist Phil Klausner, great testimony Thursday night. Friday, I haven't mentioned this one much, and Caleb will talk about this in just a second. I have the gentleman behind Baptist Memes. Have you seen I that? that? Okay. Yes, so this I guy, this guy has it, one of the reasons it, it blew my mind. I didn't realize I had seen Baptist Memes. We're still alive. It's fine. He, ha the guy has 53,000 followers on Instagram, which is nuts to me. It, but the really cool thing is he's an independent fundamental Baptist, goes to independent fundamental Baptist church um, down in Columbus, Ohio. And so I just thought, and speaking of social media, I want to talk to him. Like, like what did you, are there really 53,000 of us out there that are following you, you know? Um and so I just thought it was a really cool thing. So that's Friday, cool. 9 o'clock. I'm actually – and because, because I did not want him in any way to feel like I am using his platform or anything like that. I wanted to be able to bring value to the people that – his followers because um, we're going to be like cross-posting it on Instagram and stuff on his on his platform. Um, I'm actually – I am going to personally put be putting up the cost uh, for some gift card giveaways on that day. Um, just so – and like I said, I want to bring value to his folks. It's like why – but I, I also – I think I think that there will be value in talking to him 
because he he's I, I I and I hope I'm not speaking out of turn. I think he would describe himself as somewhat reserved, somewhat behind the scenes type guy. Um, but he's amassed this huge thing um, with memes, which is the fun, really funny thing is I asked my pastor how many people your age pastors your age or older no, do you think if you had to put, put a percentage on it how many of you think how many of them do you think know what a meme is and he said he would guess only 10 percent. what now that, that was his guess but in all seriousness does and maybe they can comment in they're probably not watching but does terry angel or keith gomez or you name it do they know what a meme is I think they know it by type, but they might not know it by name. Okay. I think that might be right. Key. Right. You need to. I think that sounds like your, if not your first one of your first Twitter polls. Okay. I think that's what that sounds like. Okay. So uh, how do I how do I word it to make sure it, it comes across correctly? So put it on the poll. Say, uh, like uh, only let's say fifty and above. Fifty above okay. only. Can vote. So put that in the post. Do you know what a meme is? Okay. And, and I'll tell you something. And help me out. Those that are watching, I'm going to say something about um, 50 below retweet or something to just just get spread out to the people. that Because yeah, because yeah. I have like 90 followers on Twitter. So I'm going to have like yes. three people going up. But I, I seriously want to know well, how many want. But but the, it will be weighted a little bit yeah. because there'll be a lot of folks going. Do it or above is, and below. Do above okay. and below. Have them retweet both. Okay. But do an above and below. Okay. Because I guarantee you, below 50, I'm, I'm throwing at, I'm saying at least 85%. 85%? Okay. Cool. I think so. Cool. Well, this is actually, we, 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 we've kept talking. Uh, Michael McCurry Live, number 12. Caleb Red, I'm going to go off the air so we can talk about things uh, and people, you know, um, private. The amount of people that have been kind enough to tell me in person or via email or text that they appreciate these podcasts has been phenomenal. I greatly appreciate you folks reaching out to me and letting me know. Uh, if you have the opportunity, drop me a line. Uh, let me know if one particular episode has been a blessing to you or a help. And uh, I greatly appreciate your listenership. Hope you have a great day. God bless and catch you on the next one.